submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. You can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 51 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about the recruiter at BlackRock decides people's fate, alien caught on camera at the Las Vegas UFO crash, is the UFO invasion just a big distraction, Utah bans the Bible in schools, AI Jesus, AI Fallen Angels, AI Antichrist, what's next? Digital Fingerprint, an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we're going to be talking about the Unabomber Revisited, and did his manifesto predict today? Memes and much more, so subscribe and stay tuned. And now as always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. How you doing, Jake? Doing great, Jeremiah. Good to be here. Good to have you. So, uh, did you want to share that now about the, the cool thing that you're about to be doing? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, everybody, get ready, because in two weeks' time, exactly 14 days away from when we're recording this, maybe more like 10 by the time you see this episode, uh, the Hebrew Fest in Galena, Missouri is happening, and I will be the uh, MC for this event, actually, but not only that... Um, Adam and I, uh, our group, Simply Prodigal, will be performing there, as well as Left and Right Ministries, Lorvins, Good Medicine, uh, Faith Is, The Highway, a band from Hawaii, Jayo. Uh, he's got some awesome music. Uh, here's Adam and 
Eyes Band, and uh, several other people uh, all performing. So we're hoping that this is going to be like the Woodstock of the Hebrews, right? This is going to be so epic. There's going to be hundreds of people out here camping for the weekend, all listening to these bands that are performing. Uh, it's located right on the James River, uh, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, so it's in Galena, Missouri. You can find out more by looking on uh, on Google, you know, go to hebrewfest.net, the website, uh, but you can get Eventbrite tickets and stuff to go and participate. Or if you want to be a vendor, you can go and sign up to be a vendor here. And it's exactly uh, here. So we got a uh, uh, food and drinks going to be there, camping, and some epic music. Uh, you can get tickets on the website. And it's, uh, you know, as of recording this, 14 days away. Um, so I I'm just so excited about it. I, I think it's going to be epic. And it's going to be at Camp Tomahawk in Galena, Missouri on the weekend of July 7th through 9th. And people can camp out or you can stay at a hotel nearby and, and come and participate. But go ahead and check out HebrewFest.net to learn more. And uh, if you go there, uh, I'll see you there. And, you know, there's a possibility maybe, you know, uh, some other people might show up uh, as a surprise. But uh, I don't want to speak for them. But it's possible, you know, there's going to be a lot of great hangouts there and uh, some cool campfire talks and, and just some amazing music and fellowship. So hope to see some people there. And I think the special guest you're talking about is, is possibly me. We could do our song. Maybe. I don't know. We'll Maybe. see. I'll, I'll ask. I, you know, we'll I find can out. convince you to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, that looks awesome. I hope it is like the new Woodstock because the last, the first one was no good. <laughs> there was uh, too many people. Oh, but yeah. You can never have yeah, too many people, I, mean, I guess. That would be epic if it had that number of people, but for the right reasons. We were mm -hmm. all there not to get naked and, you know, have sex and do drugs. We were there to, you know, get together to praise the Most High and sing truth into the world, you know? Yep. Well, that looks cool, man. You ready to dive right in? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Right, this week we have uh, a lot of different topics I'm going to go through very quickly because we have a lot to cover. And uh, just to put into perspective what we do here, once again, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And we are exposing many unfruitful works of darkness happening in the world today, as well as looking into the purpose behind some of the deceptions that are falling on mankind, because uh, things are really ramping up. And just remember, some of these deceptions remind you to be happy. But remember who's hiding behind the mask. The World Economic Forum is one of these uh, organizations that are really pushing all these agendas. Uh, some quick news here. Uh, breaking Bitcoin news. Germany's $1.4 trillion asset manager, Deutsche Bank, Dutch Bank, applies for regulatory license to operate crypto custody service. Oh, so it looks like a central bank digital currency is uh, not too far off in the near future, uh, as, at least here in Germany. So keep in mind, never change the Bible to make it agree with what you believe, but change what you believe until it agrees with the Bible. 
uh, because it is a foundation that's going to help us navigate through many of these things that are happening in the world today, uh, whether it be AI, false antichrist, Jesuses, or it's some kind of mark of the beast, central bank digital currency, or it's the alien invasion, or if it's just plain old hedonistic secular lawlessness. Um, and uh, and the idea that there is no God, so do as you please, uh, do as you wilt will be the whole of the law, uh, is the moniker for Satanism. Uh, but it's just a great reminder that we need to get in priority what is most important so that we can deal with all of these things that are thrown at us. If you focus on the hurt, you will continue to suffer. If you focus on the lesson, you will continue to grow. We have to use the situations in our lives and the problems that we're confronted with to grow into stronger individuals. And a lot of us went through a lot of growing pains the past two years or so uh, with persecution over certain medical mandates and such, but uh, we're all stronger for it now. And that makes me want to show this first video, uh, which is how I felt back in 2020 warning people and how we corporately as conspiracy theorists feel today. Check this video out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, in hindsight, it's 2020, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're living in the perpetration of a grand conspiracy against mankind and you're saying guys don't buy the lie don't do it don't go along with it and everybody's looking at you like that crazy nut well guess what years later we're looking back we're seeing the adverse effects the virus reports uh, all of these things are vindicating all the people that stood up for their bodily autonomy and their right to not cave to big government pharmaceutical mandates and and guess what it's vindicating but don't don't let pride get you blinded because pride comes before the fall right and so we mm -hmm. still need to be careful that the next iteration the next agenda the next conspiracy that comes down the chute we haven't you know we're not so uh, up on our horse that we're unwilling to hear people out if they're warning us of, uh, of the next thing right because uh, ultimately if you're humble and you're willing to question yourself you will also be willing to question these big corporate <laughs> agendas and these things that are being pushed on you. Uh, but it's the people that really got stuck on their own, oh, I'm smart and I'm going to go along with the herd because all you other people are dumbos questioning the guys in white lab coats. Well, unfortunately, they're suffering the consequences of their pride, you know, two years ago. But now we have an opportunity to prepare ourselves for whatever's coming next. Just remember, uh, you know, standing up for what's right doesn't always turn out. Uh, here's this meme says, all my role models went to prison. It's the biblical figures, right? Jesus, Paul, Joseph, Daniel, Peter, John. Uh, <laughs> they stood up for what was right when the social norm was to do what was wrong. And we're seeing more and more in today's world. What is right biblically is being called wrong. And what is wrong biblically is being called right and uh, it's being trumpeted as uh, identity and something that needs to be protected something that 
the most high says is wickedness right but it leads our society to destruction and that's why those who stand up and are the the odd person out that's not willing to go along with go along to get along is oftentimes the person that's persecuted and uh put into jail or worse right uh today sin is called sickness so people think it requires therapy not repentance and oftentimes we find all the things that are happening in the world give us more and more justification and excuses to excuse our personal problems but the way to grow as individuals is we don't make excuse we overcome mm -hmm. uh here's an interesting uh article i saw on ap the pentagon accounting error provides an extra 6.2 billion dollars for ukraine military aid hmm. huh that's interesting it's almost like uh we just let a, a big you know check go to them for you know and we weren't like what's the agenda here right what's going on with ukraine what's going on with all these uh sly deals happening well that leads us into our next story here uh, this video that talks about BlackRock, the investment company, and it's pretty alarming, this recent uh, expose of somebody who, in an undercover fashion, recorded somebody who worked with BlackRock. And some of the things that they talk about, about how politicians and the whole world is being controlled by big money. Check this out. But they don't want to be in the news. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. You can take this big ton of money, and then you can start to buy people. I work for a company called BlackRock. Meet Serge Varley, a recruiter at BlackRock. Let me tell you, it's not the who's the president. It's, it's who's controlling the, the wall. So it's, it's the, and who's that? The hedge funds, the banks. These guys want campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. And obviously, we have the system in place. First, there's the Senate. These guys are rich. You got 10 grand, you can buy a senator. I could give you 500k right now. No yeah. I didn't do this. We're done. Does yeah. like everybody do that? Does BlackRock do that? Yeah. It doesn't matter who wins. They're still right. They're they're my popular. Here's Serge Varley on how good war is for BlackRock's business. Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine-Russia war? Yeah, I mean, I I do have thoughts. What are they? Ukraine is good for business. You know, right? I'll give an example. Russia Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. Price of wheat's gonna go mad up. Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. Prices of bread, of, you know, it, literally everything is, it goes up and down. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is no good for, for business. It's exciting when shit goes wrong, right? BlackRock manages 20 trillion. It's incomprehensible numbers. BlackRock Serge Varley says all of this is above a normal person's understanding. You're like an undercover reporter. I don't know. No people don't give a shit. This is, this is beyond them. The whole thing of like domination from a concept is just it's, it's so interesting.
Hi, I'm James O'Keefe with OMG News. Here we are with our latest story, this time on BlackRock, one of the world's leading asset and investment managers, which owns significant shares of companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Anheuser-Busch, Meta, Target, Procter & Gamble, Comcast, CNN, Fox, and yes, Pfizer, just to name a few. At OMG, we do not shy away from exposing powerful companies, and we're not afraid of powerful people. So we decided to take a look for ourselves at the influence BlackRock has on our politics and the influence they have on our culture. So to do that, what better place to start a hidden camera investigation than into a self-described gatekeeper at BlackRock? Like, you're kind of like a f***ing gatekeeper at BlackRock. Yeah, I am. I, I decide people's fates. Every f***ing day, I literally decide how somebody's life is going to be shaped. That's so powerful. I love it. Yeah, it's... it's I don't know, the, the whole thing of, like, domination from a concept, it's, just, it's, it's so interesting. Introducing Serge Varley, whose LinkedIn says he's worked for Morgan Stanley, Citadel, and now as a recruiter at BlackRock. I work for uh, a company called BlackRock. I'm not actually a finance guy. I just, I know what happens because I'm recruiting people who do these things. Mm -hmm. I'm the person who headhunts people from other firms. So I would approach you and say, hey, this is a good reason why you should come work for us. Serge tells us who really runs the world, how they do it, and just how much it costs to buy people like politicians. Let me tell you, it's not through who's the president. It's, uh, it's who's controlling the, the wallet. So it's, it's the, and who's like, that? The hedge funds, the banks, these guys want campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. How do they run the world? You acquire stuff. Diversify, you acquire, you keep acquiring, you spend whatever you make in acquiring more. And at a certain point, your risk level is, is super low. Like, imagine you've invested in um, like 10 different industries from food to to drinks to like technology, right? One, one of them fails, it doesn't matter. You have nine others to back you up. Risk management is, is inherently just about everything. And in the finance space, it's all about, it's, 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 well, it's all about the money you make. You don't, you don't let it sit. Yeah, like you keep using it over and over, and reinvest. Yeah, and it exponential growth. And then once you just own a little bit of everything, is that where the control? Yeah, you own a little bit of everything, and that little bit of everything gives you so much money on a yearly basis that you can take this big ton of money, and then you can start to buy people. Obviously, we have the system in place. First, there's the senators. and these guys. You got ten grand, you can buy a senator. It doesn't matter who wins. They're still they're, they're my popular list. I can give you 500k right now. No questions asked. Yeah. Are you going to do what needs to be done? They're like, yeah, of course. And Why not? Does like everybody do that? Does BlackRock do that? The BlackRock recruiter also tells us about how the U.S. government relies on BlackRock for their economic simulation computational power. Economic simulation. They need to understand the impact of something. Like they're gonna like raise the interest rate, for example. Mm -hmm. It's gonna create this cascade of various factors that people aren't. They're not sure what's gonna do, basically. And just how great the Ukraine war is for business. 
Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine-Russia war? Ukraine is good for business. You, you know, right? We don't want the conflict to, to, to end. Why? We don't want the conflict to end as a country. The longer this goes on, the weaker Russia is. I'll give an example. Russia, Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. Price of wheat is going to go mad up. So what are you going to do if you're a trading firm? The moment that news hits, within a millisecond, you're going to pump, you're going to pump trades into, um, into uh, wherever the wheat suppliers are, into their stocks. Within an hour or two, that stock goes up, and then you sell, and you just made. I don't know, however many milk. Why would a news channel promote a side in war? Because it's also good for business. I mean, what's news? News, right? What does news feed on? They feel on strategy, they feed on up events, that's what people like to watch, so when it happens, it's, it's good business, more viewers. When nothing's happening, watch the news, I don't watch news. They're all pushing like the same talking point, like you generally when you look at news, like... It's propaganda. The Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is real f***ing good for, for business. It's exciting when goes wrong, right? Serge also speaks on BlackRock-influenced news and even gave our journalists some tips. Based on everything we know now, uh -huh. when they say to sell, does you that know, mean we should buy? So, yeah, it's like, uh, you know Jim Cramer? If you do uh, exactly the opposite of what he's advising, you actually make money. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's like, it's called the, the inverse Cramer. They don't want to be in the news. They, they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. And when Surge was asked about insider trading, and if Larry Fink recently sold $100 million in BlackRock shares, here is what he said. Larry Fink recently sold $100 million worth of BlackRock. Oh, uh, wow. Damn, Larry, that's not a good sign. The people who trade and make money, they do this the moment the information is out. And that info is typically, typically disseminated at private levels first before it gets the, mm -hmm. the mainstream. If you want to invest smart, there's a tracker that tracks all politicians and where they have their stocks. Preemptively, if the stock price, if we think the stock price is going to tank, we're going to sell so that, so that we, we sell it high, it tanks, and we buy back. And we made well, we didn't make, but we preserved, preserved a few mil. But perhaps the most remarkable, profound comment by the BlackRock recruiter is the suggestion that nobody is going to care about what he is saying here or confessing here. Because as he says, quote, normal people don't give a shit. You're like an undercover reporter. Really? No, no, don't normal people worry about this stuff? No, 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 no people don't give a shit. This is, this is beyond them. That these types of questions my reporter asked are beyond all of you. The answer is something that you, the people, the consumers, the shareholders, couldn't possibly understand. It's been said that it's easier to fool a man than to convince him he's been fooled. 
there is no question that many Americans are still asleep who may not want to wake up from their necessary illusions. But we hope and believe by showing these tapes of this BlackRock gatekeeper speaking so plainly on so many topics that not only we wake up people, but also inspire others to come forward on institutions like BlackRock. Oh, and this is just part one. Stay tuned tomorrow for my meeting with Serge Varley. We also reached out for comment to BlackRock and here's what they had to say. So, in light of what we've shared in previous episodes, how the apocalypse actually means the unveiling of reality, of truth, what are your thoughts on that video, Jeremiah? I think it exposes a lot, and I think it explains a lot with what's going on with everything that the, that the uh, elites control us with. Yeah, I mean, it's just so telling uh, how he described the conversation he had with the lady as, uh, <clears throat> for example, he said that this is not something the everyday person even thinks about. Yeah. This is not something anybody in your everyday interaction would even want to talk about. He, so he was already suspicious, like, you're an undercover reporter or something. <laughs> you're, you're so on point with the questions you're asking. He should have called her bluff, but of course... It looked like she was whining and dining him, if you could, if you know what I mean, trying to get mm -hmm. him to spill the beans. But, man, it's so interesting. Some of the things, like in this uh, tweet here from James O'Keefe, who is the guy talking, it's not who the president is, it's who's controlling the wallet of the president. You got $10,000, you can buy a senator. War is real effing good for business. Um, and so uh, this is all in relation to that you know, picture I was sharing, you know, why is it that, you know, billions of dollars happen to slip over to Ukraine? I wonder, I wonder <laughs> what the accident there was, right? So well, I think it's interesting about the Hunter Biden uh, thing about the Ukraine happened in the past. And then now this is happening in the Biden administration It's just kind of a bunch of things starting to come together and kind of make sense, maybe. Absolutely. I mean, when you see how easily Hunter Biden got off with his recent criminal charges, oh, man. Uh, of course, I think some of these mainstream news stories that are pushed towards uh, the conservative party are kind of big distractions. Like they're trying to say, get really mad at Hunter Biden. Look at how awful Hunter Biden's laptop is and all this stuff. While this kind of news goes unreported by the mainstream, yeah. this whole topic of BlackRock paying off senators and using war to make millions and using the collapse of industries to double down and, and sell high and buy low. Uh, this is the stuff that should be on the front news headline, but instead we're talking about how Hunter Biden got a misdemeanor, right? Yep. Um, not that we should just turn a blind eye to the fact that there's corruption in our government and in the first family, right? They're, they have their corrupt dealings in, in Ukraine and that's probably one of the reasons we have such an investment currently in the war in Ukraine is there's a lot of dirty secrets being hidden uh, in that uh, country. But with that said, 
Uh, I mean, I wanted to share this. It is my duty as a parent to research and question everything for the sake of my children, not blindly trust. Doctors are not the authority. Teachers are not the authority. The government is not the authority. I am. And whenever we give our children to the modern schooling system and to TikTok and all of these woke media streams that are telling them what to believe, whether it's regarding Ukraine, whether it's regarding gender identity, whether it's regarding all of these topics, we have to recognize that the people in our life are our responsibility uh, to share the information that we we come to realize as truth. And, and whenever we kind of defer to other sources to convince and, and indoctrinate our children, no wonder each generation is getting progressively and progressively worse and farther from the truth in a lot of ways because they're they're being fed these lies that are funded by things like BlackRock that you know go through the media that we ingest in their subsidiaries like Disney or mainstream news or, or whatever and these agendas sift down all the way to our children who then adopt these belief sets grow up and then enter into the political force or then to the, the working class you know into the education system the medical system and they've already been so fully indoctrinated it's like 1984's Truth Squad right where yep. the generation before that knew that the world had at one point been different once they die off, there is no hope for the generation that is born into the complete lie system, right? And all of this uh, leading into also the topic of uh, the alien invasion, uh, part of me wonders with the news that we're seeing with all the alien UFO sightings and stuff, is it also a distraction? I found this really funny. This is the slowest alien invasion ever, considering how much disclosure is happening, but the fact that we've not seen the aliens show up on the White House's front lawn yet. <laughs> and so with that said, let's check out this next video on uh, some strange things that are happening. In Las Vegas this week, a policeman pulled someone over and his body cam caught this thing, glowing thing. Oh, like hit the earth and then where it hit they got a couple calls from people that said that they're looking at the crashed thing this is weird the guy was calling he's like hey something just crashed in our yard and they're like okay well yeah we actually got reports of something coming down from the sky or whatever he's like you're not gonna believe me but <gasps> I wasn't. there's two beings standing <laughs> they look weird and she's like, can you describe them? And he's like, uh, again, they look like they're eight to 10 feet tall. <gasps> their eyes are- All over the body? No, he said their eyes are really big. And then like the police came and the police was like, I'm not calling you crazy man because I saw Does something fall, crash. Fall down. He's like, just, I honestly just stay inside. And if you see it, you have my permission to do something. Like shoot it? Yeah. Okay, well, and then- You're scared right now. You can talk about body language. <laughs> but then when the cops came to the crash site, everything was gone. That's kind of like what I talked about with Zen. That is the same yep. story. That is yes, crazy. And it, while this happened in Las Vegas and it was hush-hush by the police department, I found somebody with footage from the people 
who actually saw these beings and they did a in-depth analysis of the footage and I can almost see something man so check out this next video of this event and uh, and let me know if you think you see these alien intruders Hey, hope everybody's doing well and having a great day in this video we're going to analyze some video footage from the close encounter that a family is claiming to have had involving 100% non-human creatures in their backyard following a sighting above Las Vegas of what looked like a bright green fireball a typical meteor is what it looked like soaring through the sky above Las Vegas moving at around 40,000 miles per hour meteors are fast and when they impact the ground they leave a crater there's a debris field usually that spans for you know a specified distance depending on how big the meteor was or meteorite once it enters the atmosphere it's called a meteorite and the signature on the ground should have looked something like that the photo that I showed you guys right there that's from the backyard of where the incident occurred in northwestern Las Vegas but that's a still image from Google Earth that goes back to 2022 but I never saw any photos of the ground following this impact of some sort of an object that that supposedly impacted the ground but what I'm thinking is this thing may have impacted the ground and just simply ended up in their backyard because if it would have landed in their backyard I've seen helicopter footage of their backyard from just a couple of weeks ago and there was no impact crater and there was hardly any disturbance at all other than tire tracks back there like you see right there so I was tagged in a couple of videos Carlos shared this video with me and this segment right here they were coming out of the backyard and it's very dark over there and they took off running and I'm gonna show you guys the video that we're going to analyze here in just a second and I was very skeptical until I analyzed this video right here and here we go I'm gonna show you guys what I found this is the the segment where they're coming out of the backyard they're showing this man right here what they saw and I think they may have seen what they were describing by the way they're acting here as they're coming out of the backyard it has a little bit of narration here we go <laughs> Okay, this segment right here is the one we're going to work on. And I did a lot of work on this here in the last couple of hours. Off in the distance over here is the only look that we have in the backyard. And it's very dark over there. You can't really see too much, right? This man here, he's investigating what they say they saw back here in their backyard. So again, the only thing I can think of is if something did happen, number one, this thing did not land in their backyard because there were no images of any type of impact crater in their backyard. Maybe it impacted somewhere else and just somehow or another ended up in their backyard. But what I did, I slowed this down as slow as I could go. I zoomed in on this darkness over here. I lightened it up. And sure enough, you're going to be able to see something over there in the darkness. And notice both of these gentlemen here. They're looking in the same direction. Their heads are, are pointed in the same direction. They're both focused on something over there in the darkness. And you could tell they were very excited when they came running out of the backyard. So now we're going to go in close. I do some enhancement work and I make this area over here that's very dark, I make it bright. And I use multiple techniques as you're going to see something start to appear over here that looks like a, for lack of a better description, a large stick man. See something over there moving around. You can see what could be interpreted as a torso. You could see what could be interpreted as a head. You could see what could be interpreted as an extremity here, an extremity down here, here. 
look, there's something there moving. Totally something moving. And they're both looking in that direction. So was there something over there in the dark? According to this video, yes. But I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. All I did was add some light to the darkness over there. And this is in the backyard of where they claim to have seen 100% non-human creatures in their backyard that were somewhere between the neighborhood of 8 and 10 feet tall. And I know that's hard to wrap your mind around. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. But this is the original video, and all I've done to it is lighten it up and, and use some techniques that kind of pull forward things that, that we may not be able to see in the dark, right? Kind of remove layers of darkness, and there you go. There is something there. Exactly what it is, guys, I don't know, but I will say this. I'm not as skeptical as I was before I started working on this segment right here simply because of the, the lack of an impact crater. But in all fairness, maybe whatever it was impacted somewhere else ended up in their backyard when they were out there working on a car and this is what they encountered. Um, something that definitely doesn't look human and it does resemble what they were describing. Very tall creatures. They said there were two, um, very thin. They said they were silver, greenish color. It's difficult to tell in this video because it was so incredibly dark. But it does look like maybe a, a dark white or a light gray, maybe a silver. Um, it's difficult to tell, but you can see there's something there that's moving. Um, it's tall. It's thin. Uh, it does look like it has extremities right there. See it? Kind of hard to miss once you take away the darkness and leave the light there. There is something there. Exactly what? I don't know, guys. As always, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. But like I said earlier, I'm not as skeptical as I was, say, a week ago, because the guy seems sincere. I just couldn't wrap my mind around how you couldn't get at least one picture of these things in your backyard or at least a little video clip. Um, but there's something right there, definitely. I don't know exactly what we're looking at. Um, I've never seen anything like this. This is a first for me. Um, but I can tell you I've done nothing to this video except remove darkness. And there you go. That's what was in the darkness over there, about 30, maybe 40 feet away. So it does look like something tall standing there or leaning up against something. And right here, you can clearly see. See right there? You can see movement. There's something there moving. So again, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. But there was something over there in the darkness of this video as they were coming out of the backyard of the house in Las Vegas, northwestern Las Vegas, where they claimed to have seen two creatures that were 100% not human in their backyard following a bright green fireball that was spotted above Las Vegas on the night of May 1st. Just after midnight, a bright green fireball was spotted above Las Vegas by a lot of people supposedly landed somewhere in Las Vegas. I don't think it landed necessarily in their backyard directly or there would have been an impact crater. And right there I stopped it because you can kind of get the, the full view of whatever was standing over there in the darkness in the backyard of that house in northwestern Las Vegas. Wow, what do you think about that, Jeremiah? Do you think we're looking at an alien figure there or some kind of demon or, or what are your thoughts on that video? I mean, I was seeing a, a like an ET type of figure if there was a figure, but it looked like an ET head and a body, but I feel like it could be interpreted, you know, look, I, don't, I don't know. Look like Deuce and Mickey Mouse to me. <laughs> Deuce was the mascot I was. 
Yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't it throw us for a trip if uh, all the Disney characters climbed out of the spaceship when it landed on that front lawn of the White House, right? They're like, hello, oh, we're here oh. to conquer you. <laughs> yeah. Take me to your leader. Take me to your leader. Oh, man. And then man. they shake hands um, with Joe Biden and they're like, what? <laughs> what did you say? You said, true international average of pressure. What? I mean, man, this is, it's just so crazy how close we are to full alien disclosure with all the whistleblowers, all the documentation, all the footage from the Air Force. And just like your dad used to talk about, I really do think that this is a setup for a grand deception. I think the alien agenda is just going to be one of those deceptions on top of all these other deceptions that we're already being faced with. Um, I tend to lean more towards the fact that these are not extraterrestrial, these are terrestrial entities, whether they're fallen angels or uh, demonic spirits that are manifesting or some some kind of abominable creatures that have been messed up, you know, that have been created in a laboratory and they're just showing up in person now. Uh, I, I don't believe that these are from some planet, some millions of trillions of light years away i think they're from this realm and uh your dad would talk about that often in a lot of his uh coming alien deceptions exposés but with that said let's look into uh this article right here it says here that says here that multiple witness reports seeing a fighter jets engaging with the with ufo in michigan so we have fighter jets engaging with a UFO in Michigan. Uh, very interesting. This just came out uh, June 15th. And uh, the witness went on to marvel at the fast-moving object was capable of overtaking and outmaneuvering the fighter jets with extreme ease. Very interesting. Uh, here's another article. Uh, did you know that the Rockefellers are <laughs> apparently the founders of UFO disclosure movement? Huh. Why is that? That's interesting. Uh, this article was posted in 2022, but it, it makes me wonder what it is going on behind the scenes with alien disclosure. So why are the Rockefellers and the Jesuits guiding the UFO disclosure movement? And this is especially important as we see this ramping up in today's world. The truth embargo, which I casually refer to, was a massive program in which billions of billions of dollars were spent not only to keep the research secret, to keep the finances secret, and to keep the media under control, and the philanthropists out of the picture, and the universities pretty much out of the picture. Uh, and so here's the document uh, posted by Antonio Hunes, uh, September 3rd, 2010. It says, throughout the 1990s, billionaire philanthropist Lawrence S. Rockefeller, who was uh, died in 2004, sponsored and funded a number of UFO-related projects. This has come to be known as the Rockefeller UFO Initiative, since in some cases they went beyond funding and it included an actual lobbying effort to the Clinton White House. Undertaken by Rockefeller himself and his lawyer Henry Diamond in the early and mid-1990s, this writer became actively involved in one of these Rockefeller projects which resulted in a book-length report title, Unidentified Flying Objects Briefing Document. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, 
worth looking into a little bit more, guys. Uh, but for the sake of time, we'll, we'll keep moving on. Uh, why is it that the government has not fully come out and just said, hey, guys, there are aliens here. We've had their spaceships. Well, here's a Babylon, Babylon B explanation. <laughs> Extraterrestrials don't exist, says Pentagon spokesman from behind an alien facehugger. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what's crazy it, it, it about the Babylon like... Bee? They, they've been predicting things right the last couple of years. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think uh, it goes along with sometimes what seems to be the most unlikely outcome ends up being the truth. And uh, oftentimes humor can mirror reality because tr true humor is truthful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how they're so predictive. Uh, let's watch this next video how people are being killed for this ufo whistleblower topic let's talk about this big ufo event in washington dc we're going to highlight and document the historic day in washington dc where multiple ufo whistleblowers came forward to share their story at the press club dr stephen greer his disclosure project of course you'll remember many moons ago almost i mean over a decade ago he held one of these events before and he kind of started off by explaining that the world kind of wasn't ready for that press conference at the time. Members of Congress and so forth weren't really ready for the disclosure and the, the people that came forward, those testimonies that came forward that day um, at that event. Um, so this whole event took over three hours, close to four hours, with jaw-dropping moments. I mean, bombshell moments. Um, I want to show you a number of those moments now, and I'm going to save the most amazing, what I believe is the most amazing, for the end. Uh, so you got to stick around for this. So anyway... Dr. Greer started off by explaining the, that they know these are the things they've turned over to Congress, Senate and the, and, and the White House for part of this testimony. Here's the list of things that they sent out, which is the Disclosure Project slide, Project Intelligence Archive, and contains government documents from the United States, Canada, Australia, Russia, the UK, and more, 145 top secret bases, 752 witnesses from military corporate government solutions, files with witness testimony and some video with supporting documents and information, 121 UF crash retrieval cases. Some documents includes name of witness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he went through all of this, explaining that this is the stuff they were handing over. Um, here is Dr. Stephen Greer, though, showing the map locations of these secret bases in the United States. Look at the number of secret military bases inside the United States and what's being worked on at these secret military bases from witnesses who've come forward and have actually worked at these bases. Watch. Operations have happened. I'm saying illegal because we can prove that this information, as Senator Inouye said, you'll hear his statement in a moment, has been run by a very shadowy, deep black operation. And we're not talking the legal black budget of the United States. We're talking about projects that presidents and CIA directors and secretaries of defense, and members of the Congress who have a need to know and are clear TSSCI in SCIFs, secure compartmented information facilities, have been blatantly either gaslit denied access. That is the foundation of everything we've done, is that these projects are a priori illegal and therefore unconstitutional and have to be reined in, because not doing so is a threat to the national security. So here is your list. I'm not going to go through 145 sites. Some of them are black sites. Some of them are bases you know about, like Wright-Patterson, Edwards, Nellis, Area 51, so-called. But 
All of them are based on witness testimony and intelligence we've gathered over the last 30 years, and it's time for it to be disclosed. Well, here is Dr. Stephen Greer. The Wait, can I just push you on this map that he has with all the red dots? Um, these are bases that are actively working on UFO projects. UFO. These are not just sightings, right? Because no, no, the map no. Those, the, the, these are military bases. Many of them we know, right? Right, Patterson Air Force Base. Okay. Uh, Edwards Air Force, but these other, some of these air, but then uh, many of them on this map are black sites that we don't know about. So that's, that was included in this map. So, and these are, and he also showed around the world. So these are not just United States military bases. These are black sites in other parts of the world. In other countries, because he mentions Russia, mm -hmm. but then when you look at the map, I'm, I'm just playing it back. Um, you know, there's no, there's no bases in Africa at all. None in the Middle East. That we know of. Uh, one in Pakistan. That we know of. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm just curious about. So I don't know all of them, but these are the ones that they have that they have actual human beings who've confirmed this have you know shown them documents, videos, um, security badges for these black sites, um, all sorts of testimony. And by the way, these people have then gone to Congress and submitted their testimony to Congress, um, which you can go to prison for lying to Congress. Like you don't just do that. If you don't have some, if you don't actually have some facts to back that up, these whistleblowers who've come forward, and the reason they've come forward is because the whistleblower protection laws, they were silenced before that, before the, the whistleblower protection laws. That's why they're now able to come forward. Um, so Greer makes the point that alien craft, uh, so the first of many reasons here, the whistleblowers haven't come forward before is because in many cases, they, their lives were threatened. They were told they would be killed if they came forward on the stuff that they saw. They're worried about their family's protection. Uh, they are worried about losing their pensions. Uh, many of them signed 80-year non-disclosure agreements. 80-year non-disclosure agreements to keep quiet about it. Um, Greer makes the point that the alien craft we have are not the issue. It's the deep state, uh, the off-the-books operations that, that, is that is running all of this. They've been, uh, they, they have their own versions of these craft. They're carrying out, um, they're carrying this out. Um, and the White House is kept out of it. Congress is, has been kept out of it and in the dark about it. And you're starting to hear more of this because now Congress is demanding answers because they're noticing and found out that a lot of these projects are black, black book. They're not on the, on, on the money that they approved and they're demanding answers about it. Good for them. Here's what Stephen Greer says about that. Uh, but this object was retrieved because it became disabled some of these retrieval operations are not extraterrestrial, but they would like sometimes the public to think maybe it was because the bigger secret, I'll tell you right now, is not the extraterrestrial issue. It's these technologies, which an unsupervised and frankly illegal operation have, which is a threat to the national security, period. This we will prove. And this is a bigger threat, the existence of these in the hands of unsupervised operations that have escaped the oversight of the president of the office, office of the president and the Congress for since 1956 to 1960. And so he then explains the difference between the man-made craft and the ones of extraterrestrial origin, which we've been reverse engineering for years um, since the 1940s. And he shows the man-made side by side. So it's important to understand, yes, there are the alien craft that we have. We know that. That's without a doubt. But then we're also been reverse engineering them and they look close, but not totally like them. So here he gives an example of the differences here. If I had time, I would run through 
we can go through very quickly. I think people in the military and in Congress uh, and the American people know that, need to know the difference between the man-made uh, advanced technologies and how they look and the extraterrestrial vehicles. We're going to run through a side-by-side. -side. You can look and see ET, one on the left, seamless. It is actually uh, created uh, in a material science and technology we don't have time to go into, but we understand that versus the man-made ones that have components, parts, wires, and what have you. Next. And again. Next. And again. And then you hear on the right, that is the Norton Air Force Base 1988 air show classified. Uh, we have a, a witness who was in there, and these on the right are man-made. They were late Mercury era, uh, 59 through early 60s in their construction because we had mastered gravity control in October 1954. So he goes on from there. Now, one of the most explosive whistleblowers is a member of the military, United States Marine. They're decorated United States Marine. U.S. Marine assigned to the Philippines. A platoon of six men discovered a UFO. They came across it after the tsunami and subsequent earthquake. Uh, earthquake and then subsequent tsunami in the Philippines and Indonesia. It was being used in some kind of human trafficking operation. And this is where this story is, un get, you know, gets crazy. This craft was likely a man-made reverse engineer craft, off the books craft. And this is a stunning story. Even the Daily Mail confirmed this story yesterday. Exclusive Marine vet breaks 14 year silence to make astonishing claim that his six man unit saw a hovering octagonal UFO being loaded with weapons by unmarked U.S. forces who threatened them at gunpoint while serving in Indonesia in 2009. So the, Mike, the, the Marine is Michael Herrera, and he came forward yesterday for the first time and told us this story. Listen. Thank you all for being here. Um, what I'm about to tell you hasn't been something that I've disclosed until recently in the help of Dr. Greer, among other people, so I appreciate your help with this. In 2009, we were, my unit, which was the uh, most degraded infantry battalion in the entire Marine Corps, which was 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, was called in to do humanitarian assistance operations out in the Philippines, which was Operation Kitsana. And we flew to the southwestern part of the city, which is Padang. Looked a lot uh, different through satellite imagery that I've recently seen. Back then, is a lot different, especially because most of it was decimated on fire, rubble, flooded, you name it, basically the worst kind of scenario you could ever see. We trekked up about 300 meters. When we got to this high point, I was taking video camera and I had actually turned to the north, which just kind of slopes down. And right there was something that stuck out like a sore thumb, especially with jungle terrain, things like that, junk, you know, vegetation, very green stuff, was something that stuck out so well, it's always gonna be basically imprisoned in my mind for the rest of my life and it has been for 14 years was something that was rotating and it was transitioning between colors like a light uh, matte gray as well as a dark matte black. You can see that the craft here actually had uh, was roughly about 300 feet. And the reason why I know this is because you can fit three of the helicopters that we flew in on underneath this craft. And it had an audible hum to it, um, kind of like a guitar amp if you were to unplug that or like a transformer, it's very audible. If I was to hear that sound again, I could tell you, okay, it's probably this thing or something similar to that. It's very distinct. And the way that it was floating, which was about 10 or you know, 15, 20 feet off the ground, it was kind of a very eerie thing to see because I've never seen anything like that in my life. When we got up to that point, 
we were then intercepted by a team of um, soldiers or um, rogue military force, if you will. The most concerning thing about this is they all had American dialects. They had American gear. They had OTVs, black. They had black camouflage. They had very similar setups to what we have, but more high speed, something what you would see special operation, operation groups these days have. They had no insignias on. They had no ranks. They had nothing that would signify who they were. They had black ball caps. They had M4A4s that were equipped with ACOGs, which was a step up from what we were currently issued, as well as PEC-16 IR illumination devices that you use for night vision and uh, night patrols, things like that. So we were engaged. We had eight of them drop, put the drop on us. You could audibly hear them flow the safety selectors off. They basically started screaming at us, telling them what we were doing, we were not allowed to be there, who were we with, what were we doing there, um, threatened that they could kill us right then and there. We could get lost in the jungle. They could throw us out of a helicopter if they needed to. People are literally scared for their lives coming out with this information about UFOs and sharing what the military is doing in these black budget projects. And it's pretty crazy. Uh, to wrap up all of some of what we've covered, here's this funny video that in just 60 seconds can educate people more on the news than what the mainstream media is doing in hour-long segments. Did you hear the news? You're talking about how the uh, I-95 collapsed outside of Philadelphia today? At what point are we going to admit we're under attack? Also, not what I'm referring to! Perhaps you're referring to the tens of thousands of dead fish which have washed ashore along the Gulf Coast of Texas. <laughs> okay, maybe we should talk about the fact that it's like pretty much been confirmed there's a bunch of these silver orb UFOs flying around our airspace. They have no idea where they came from. Las Vegas police are being very tight-lipped about an incident that happened last week. They're being debriefed not to say anything about it. Um, should we talk about that or... Mystery cloud throws this damn boom into darkness. Or perhaps you're referring to South Jersey where it's raining a foamy substance after a, a wildfire. Nah, bro. Conor McGregor knocked out the Miami Heat mascot. I guess there's no need for a punchline. What a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, he does a great Adam Sandler impression. An interesting outcome for the push of the conservative party to get LGBTQ material out of libraries and schools uh, which oftentimes that material has pornographic content describing the sexual acts of that sexual minority group right and we have here now it's been turntabled on the conservative party and the bible is now being banned from utah schools after parents demand its removal because of the fact that it deals with uh, very, uh, you know, dark topics as well. Uh, so here we have this Vice article, Bible banned from Utah schools after parents demand its removal. And now we've shared in previous episodes, of course, of guys going to the council meetings and the school board meetings and being like, how do we have this garbage in our schools? Well, guess what? The freedom of the speech that allows us to have uh, the Bible and allows them to say whatever garbage they want in their own books is now uh, now because there's all these rules banning books that deal with these 
mature topics. Uh, now it's been turned against the Bible, which it kind of makes me wonder, uh, is this what they wanted all along? So it says, parents wrote that the Bible has incest, onanism, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation, all this other stuff. And uh, Utah School District banned the Bible from its elementary and middle school libraries for containing vulgarity or violence after a parent used the state's ban on pornographic and indecent content against Christianity's fanfic. Well, is that, you know, according to Vice, of course, I, I don't believe it's fan <laughs> fiction. Um, and so this law, uh, which was banning indecent content, uh, which restricted access to many titles that contain age-appropriate themes addressing genders, sexuality, and race, and young adult fiction authors, including uh, these names, were among those restricted from school libraries. In March, a parent in Utah wrote to the Davis School District demanding that the Bible should be taken off the shelves based on the new law. So, uh, it's the bullwhip effect, right? When yeah. you have people stand up speaking out against the LGBTQ agenda, they use the laws that you put in place to ban their books to ban the Bible, right? And so mm -hmm. that's why it's just so crazy um, the state of the world we're in right now. And and now, like we see in Utah, uh, it's kind of uh, – it didn't turn out how the conservatives were hoping it would by Back, going backfired. And, and making laws. It backfired Back greatly. So here's a video on this topic. I'm going to get my colleague's reaction on something that just got released in the news. There's a meme I've been thinking about a lot lately, a viral tweet uh, that reads, and I quote, I never thought leopards would eat my face, sobs woman who voted for the leopards eating people's faces party. It's an adage that has been proven relative, relevant, excuse me, time and again, when the American right is forced to reckon with the consequences of its own actions most recently in Utah, where Republicans passed a law targeting books in school libraries that contain, quote, pornographic or indecent content. And wouldn't you know it, that very law, that very law has now been used to restrict access to, wait for it, the Bible. With the holy book in one hand and signs in the other, frustrated parents calling out the recent decision by Davis School District that voted to remove the King James Version of the Bible from elementary and middle school libraries. Period. Thank you very much. The move coming after a complaint was filed with the district in December when the district received an anonymous grievance that said the school district was ignoring, quote, one of the most sex-ridden books around. The Bible, adding that this edition of the Bible, quote, has no serious values for minors because it's pornographic by our new definition. Get this porn out of our schools. But wow. yeah, there's porn in the schools. Yeah. Literally, there's people wow. that are in, in Utah. Utah. Yeah. That's that's really sad. I mean, wow. they're protesting there. I'm sure that's crazy. If you keep up with what's going on in schools, like there's parents that are reading these books that are for elementary school yeah, and they're like stop old. stop talking sorry oh does it make you uncomfortable like this is in the school mm -hmm. for the kids sir i'm sorry i is, is there I, did I, was it something i said <clears throat> was it something i said if you don't want to hear it in a school board meeting why should children be able to check it out of the school system not surprised though mm. not not really mm. uh, um 
if you think about it, it's like this is a it's kind of a natural consequence between separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're going to draw those lines and say, you know, everybody has the right to worship to the dictates of their own conscience and all that. Um, I guess I'm less upset because maybe I homeschool. And so as part of our curriculum and as long as my kids are getting it at home, it's like, yeah, I feel bad for the kids that are in public school that they don't have access to that. But really, it's the parents' primary responsibility to educate. But not the what's surprising is the reason why. Yeah. The Bible is pornographic. I mean, the most I hear surprising. is like, let her breasts satisfy you or something. That's far from pornographic compared to what's out there. The Bible, I would say, is pretty discreet when it comes to sexual relations. Right. It says Adam knew his wife, right. and it doesn't go into detail. Pornographic. The only thing that I would say an argument can be placed on is the book of Songs of Solomon. The definition of pornographic means showing or describing naked people or sex in a very open and direct way in order to cause sexual excitement. Yeah. But there can be an ongoing debate as to whether that is applicable to what is being discussed in the Bible or not. You yeah. know, I, I guess uh, if I kind of look at this objectively, there when when my children were really little and we would read to them out of the bible there were certain things i did not read to them mm -hmm. not because i disagree with the information but more or less that my children wouldn't understand that right and this is a collection of books i think the bible is literally a a example of humanity all throughout different cultures different lifestyles different everything this is what happens when humans do this and that and it's like giving us advice and it's always not going to be just fluffy positive you know it's going to say hey look if you Struggles. if you have multiple wives this is what happens to yeah. a lot of the kids relationships with their parents you know and and it gives you advice like that so i think as a parent you need to be you know cautious i don't believe that the entire bible should be read to a three-year-old at mm. certain points but you know that is interesting that they're willing to just take it out completely yeah just just the whole thing i've never been aroused by the bible just to let people know that <laughs> i would agree with that <laughs> I guess I'd be uh, interested wow. in what their new definition is. And yeah, that is like the, by and, our and new who definition? decides that, and then yeah. how does it get communicated to everybody? It's like, yeah. and and I'm, I'm I'm kind of really I guess questioning is if I really sit and think about this more. Why is there not a discussion on on broadcast TV? I mean, you clearly have people engaging in sexual activity on broadcast TV. Yeah. Why aren't you, you know, advocating to take that down? Mm. I mean, if you're going to have this kind of stance with words in a book that don't even show pictures. Exactly. Why are you going no to pictures. allow to the public pictures and yeah. scenes of clearly not that? I mean, Game of Thrones, there was rape in that yeah. in that TV show. Rape. And I guarantee you kids were watching that. And the but they like show HBO stuff. or Cinemax showed or a full-on rape. Yes. Well, I like know a naked stuff. Like nude. how can our society be okay with that on uh, any level? Right. I don't care if you're pretending for a for a play or what. Mm -hmm. It's like that is not something we should be displaying as art. Well, even know? on like mainstream, it used to be like airwaves, like Fox would show stuff. You know, people in bed doing things. And so is this only in Utah, though? It's, it's interesting, too, because even Fox News has been called out by other news outlets for being too graphic in their showing of things, almost like they're mm. trying to draw attention to human sexuality. Fox News? Yeah. Wow. More ratings. Proportionally. Like, they'll have, <laughs> for example, they would have, like, 
more images of women in um, inappropriate clothing or, you know, stuff mm. like that versus other networks. Mm. And it's just kind of like people calling them out. I'd like to direct the conversation for you to answer specifically as fathers. Now, for some of you, you homeschooled your children, which is fantastic. That's not necessarily practical for right. the broader population. Right. So what would be your counsel, or even if you put yourself in the situation where you have to send your kids to school, public school at that, because there's situations of private school versus public school. But let's keep it public since this is the context of this video. What do you do, especially as Christian fathers? How do you react to it? Is there something we should do, or is this just prophetic and you kind of just go with it? What is some counsel you could share? I think it's always a good option to sort of beat the world to the punch mm. to talk to your kids about these topics. I mean, sexuality is such a major part of humanity, mm -hmm. um, and they're going to cross that bridge at some point in time. So to try to give them the proper context of why we have this thing called sexuality, why did God give us this to share between a, a, a man and a woman in a married setting, and, and, and what is that supposed to do for your relationship, to kind of write that in a correct light, then when they get the wrong picture, because if you send your kids to public school, I'm sorry, it's not if they're going to get exposed to uh, it, it's when. when they're going to get exposed to it. Yeah. They have in their curriculum dedicated sex talks yeah. with kindergartners. Yeah. And so um, I, I would say it always starts back at the home, have some healthy discussions. And, um, you know, obviously you can be as as um, censoring as you need to be based on their age. But uh, I would probably say by 10 years old, you probably should have had a conversation. But really the debate is about your the Bible being banned in your public school, right? That's really the conversation. So I think, yeah, telling your kids about this is prophetic. Look how the attack on God um, that it's being, especially because of what it's being banned for. If it was just like a blanket thing, like we don't have religion in the school, then you have to get rid of Harry Potter because that's Wicca. You have to get rid of anything Quran or anything related to religion at all. But because of the way it's being removed, I think that's a great opportunity to talk to your kids about prophecy and look, they're trying to hide the truth from young people. So anyways, uh, interesting breakdown there from uh, Little Light Studios. And um, it is interesting how it's kind of backfired. The boycotting of certain materials has now been used to boycott the Bible as well. Um, so with that said... Uh, Here's a interesting video uh, that has to do with our next topic, the topic of AI. Uh, here's a, a quick video from uh, a, a show I'm starting to enjoy called uh, Sunday Cool, and they cover a variety of topics, but uh, check out this. Listen, I just saw this article and it freaked me out. Risk of extinction. It says on Tuesday, a group of hundreds of technology experts, including OpenAI CEO, yeah. Sam Altman, and AI pioneer, Jeffrey Hinton, issued a stern warning about the potential risk of artificial intelligence. Quote, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other social scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war, says the 
statement from the Center for AI Safety. Oh no! What does that mean? These dudes, they're the ones inventing it. And they're like, uh-oh, because they know something we don't know. Yeah. But it's I thought it was just funny pictures and cool little sentences. Wrong! They're trying they're coming for your brain! No! I want to take over your body. Stop! Emotion. <laughs> I don't want it all. <gasps> Josh, hey. Yeah, is that, do you remember what you oh man so we're we're seeing a lot of news coming out uh regarding this topic of ai advancements and mm -hmm. it's uh it's pretty crazy seeing it happen so fast uh so uh here's a another funny little video it, it makes a good point but uh how when you see guys like Jim Carrey and Andrew Tate, these big public figures, uh, both commenting on this, you can tell that it's coming into the public eye, this topic of the dangers of AI, and now these gatekeeper figures that have millions and millions of followers are starting to make their comments and their stances, and um, it, it makes me wonder uh, what we're going to see in the coming years when it comes to AI. Check out this next video. When you get Jim Carrey and Andrew Tate on the same side of things, um, maybe you should start paying attention. I love the aspect of the AI and the machines taking over. You know, we have cars that drive themselves and that's a convenience right now, but soon there won't be a steering wheel and it'll take you to the police station when you have outstanding parking tickets. In the future, the entire police force will be AI. It'll all be roboticized. And, and robots have no soul. And then you're really in trouble. As they reduce you to a QR code, as they reduce you to nothing more than a medical status as to whether you comply, because that's what they really want. They want to know who blindly complies and who thinks for themselves. And the people who think for themselves must be punished. As stupid as police can be, you can stand in front of one and say, my friend, you and I are the same. Why are you punishing me? And maybe you'll get through. But you can't do that with the camera that scans your QR code. You understand? They don't care. It's just a yes or a no. So a very interesting point. And not only have we covered this in the past, but it's interesting to see that now it is reaching into the realm of religious curiosity, which to me brings to mind certain scriptural topics such as the image of the beast as talked about in the book of revelation and uh the the worship of the antichrist and mm -hmm. and different topics like this but check out what's going on now can a chatbot preach a good sermon hundreds attend church service generated by chat gpt to find out so this happened in fourth germany uh, the artificial intelligence chatbot asked the believers in the fully packed St. Paul's Church in the Bavarian town of Futh to rise from the pews and praise the Lord. Okay, that's, that's interesting. But uh, it's even more alarming knowing that people are now flocking to an AI Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Seeking counsel, wisdom, and direction for life. A chatbot version of Jesus Christ, a.k.a. Ask Jesus is streaming on the gaming platform Twitch and it stands to ready to answer questions from humans on anything from morality issues to video game Fortnite to super powered 
rodents, according to Fox News. So this, to me, is uh, pretty crazy. Let's check out this video uh, that depicts this uh, false Jesus as generated by chat, GPT, and AI. Hey, God, you're up in heaven. Your name deserves mad respect. Bring your kingdom. Let your will happen on earth as it does up there. Give us our daily dose of bread and forgive us for slipping up as we also forgive those who slip around us. Keep us from losing our way and protect us from the negative vibes. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Wow. How Creepy. weird, man. Like I called that, that though. That... I, I said the Antichrist was going to be come back in some form with AI when it first started happening. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing the very early stages of what could be a very slippery slope. I mean, right now we have AI operating in what's known as the Uncanny Valley, and you could tell, like, that's a creepy generated thing. Mm. And I wanted to talk about the Uncanny Valley, and it was actually talked about on that Sunday Cool Show that I was mentioning, or that we showed earlier. And it's really interesting, their theory on why... The uncanny valley is something that is innate in mankind, and it ties actually to some of your dad's research. Let's check out this hmm. next video uh, on the uncanny valley. Do you know what the uncanny valley is? No. Is it spooky? Yep. So basically, it's like when you look at something, so like the AI stuff, you look at it, and there's an un unnerving yeah. reaction that you have, where you're just like, ah, that's weird. I actually yeah. just saw something like that today. It was an AI pizza commercial, and it Ew. scared me. It was familiar, but yet it was terrifying, and I've never seen it before. It was weird. I think it was Shrek originally. They did like a mock-up of like Princess Fiona. Everyone was terrified of it because it was like way too lifelike, yeah. Yeah. but not. Kind of like the Polar Express type <laughs> of stuff. But Got the it. strange thing, it happens with every human. It's a fear. You're not human, but you kind of look human. How is it that every human has that in our brains? Like, what has happened oh, weird. previously where we interacted with something that was human-like, but also not human? I think it's that animal instinct that's in us. I think it goes back to biblical times. Like, oh, what do you mean? Like, fallen angels and, like, oh, um, yeah. the sons of man, it says, basically yeah. angels sleeping with the daughters of men, creating this being. Not human, but also human. It Hmm. Interesting. So could we be seeing fallen angel technology with this AI that is bringing back the depiction of what fallen angels triggered in our subconsciousness uh, in the modern age? And that's why the Uncanny Valley is so creepy mm -hmm. because these generated images are similar to how the uh, fallen angels generated their image when they came down to take wives and create the nephilim right yeah uh pretty crazy to think about um and uh you know further on this topic it's it's just uh you know this german church holding this artificially intelligence generated sermon that had no soul apparently according to breitbart uh is pretty crazy and and it really makes you wonder what's coming in the future is it going to be AI religions? Is it going to be people are going to turn the the intellect and the power of communication that ChatGPT and these generative communication services have into like little idols, right? Like you mm -hmm. take ChatGPT and AI, 
you put it into the god of your choice, and then boom, you have a, a talking idol that can give you wisdom and and tell you what to do for your life and and console you and, and it's all based on the little G God that you want, that you want to worship, that you design. And I think the scariest aspect of it is that they're imitating the Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. They're creating a Jesus Christ that's a AI generated amalgamation of the the whole the whole of the information offered on the internet and in the world. And we know that that is a tainted, very dangerous uh, tool that can be used to sway people emotionally, that can use to sway people to possibly worship this image of a Jesus that could say a lot of the right sounding things. Like you saw in that video, he was like, you know, saying the Lord's prayer or whatever in just such a weird twisted different way um, sounds close to the real thing but it's not and that's exactly what the word antichrist mean it doesn't necessarily mean the opposite of Christ it can mean something in place of Christ and just as the warning in Matthew 24 many people will come saying I am the Christ and they will lead many people astray and AI could be one of the most dangerous ways people could be led astray uh, because, uh, I mean, it looks like a tool, a cool tool, a cool game to play, a, a cool thing. But really what it is is when you plug AI technology with quantum, com quantum computing and the, the, all the, you know, the different technology that's coming out today, it's you're plugging into a digitized Ouija board. And who knows what's on the other side speaking to us. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, here is uh, an interesting article. Uh, U.S. billionaire George Soros, who we've covered in a previous couple episodes, uh, hands over his $25 billion empire to his younger son, Alex. Very interesting. The next generation stepping onto the scene. Here's uh, a hyper Here's an article about hyperdimensional computing reimagines artificial intelligence by imbuing enormous vectors with semantic meaning scientists can get machines to reason more abstractly and efficiently than before and this is kind of what i'm getting at with you're plugging into a digitized version of a ouija board and mm -hmm. when you think of how quantum computing operates and how ai has all of this information that it can then spit back out to you what is directing what it's spitting out to you and uh, deepest despite the wild success of chat GPT and other large language models the artificial neural network ANN that underpin these systems might be on the wrong track apparently for one ANNs are super power hungry but that's where this technology of using the aspect of quantum computing could become so powerful hyperdimensional very interesting all right yep. so <clears throat> ai can create a new bible influential author declares in a few years there might be religions that are actually correct uh-oh so uh you know this is being talked about right now how there, uh, just this is exactly what i was talking about how there could be in a few years completely AI-based religions, uh, which is so crazy to think about. 
Now, Jeremiah recently shared a video with me about how AI is also being used to scam people. And I found this video, which is how to avoid phone scams uh, generated by AI voice cloning. Check this video out. With just a few seconds of audio, new artificial intelligence software can clone a person's voice. As an actor, I pretend for a living. As an actor, I pretend for a living. And a scammer can make it say anything. The Federal Trade Commission issuing a recent warning that voice cloning technology is making family emergency scams more convincing. Just last month, several Oregon school districts warned parents about a spate of fake kidnapping calls. A recent global survey showed one in four people saying they've experienced an AI voice cloning scam or knew someone who had. I got a phone call from an unknown number and so I pick up the phone and I say hello and my daughter Brianna says mom and she's crying and sobbing. Jennifer DeStefano says she was convinced her 15 year old daughter Brianna had been kidnapped. And uh, she says mom these bad men have me help me help me help me. She fades off as man takes over the phone and says Listen here, I've got your daughter. She says the scammer threatened to harm her daughter unless she sent him a million dollars. How much did it sound like your daughter? It sounded, I never doubted it was her. I, I had a full conversation with her. It was the way she cries, it was the way she sobs, it was the way she would respond to me. Jennifer was able to connect with her husband who confirmed Brianna was safe. After warning her friends and neighbors, Jennifer says she's heard about hundreds of similar incidents. Whether it was a kidnapping, whether it was an accident, you know, they were in jail, all these different types of scenarios. We're gonna have a completely new group of scammers and threat actors. Wasim Khalid is CEO and co-founder of Blackbird AI. I saw that in some of these voice cloning programs are as cheap as $5 a month, and you can take someone's voice off of a social media video, use AI, and make that voice say whatever you want it to do. Is that really happening? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's basically the, the revolution in AI over the last six months. The key takeaway here is generative AI is going to be the catalyst to drive misinformation, disinformation, and warped realities further and faster than we've ever seen before. He says if you get a suspicious call about a family emergency, first authenticate the person by having them confirm information only you two would know. Have a private safe word for your family mm. and have someone else call your loved one's actual phone number. Because with AI, what you see and hear is not always what you get. Jennifer DeStefano spoke on Capitol Hill this week. She's hoping Congress can find ways to help regulate artificial intelligence. In the meantime, it is really up to us to take those extra steps to verify the identity of anyone who calls or messages us. And soon it's going to be even more convincing when scammers start using videos Ugh. to chat with their victims. This it's is, coming. This is terrifying. I like the idea that you said of having a safe word. Like if you yes. don't hear that word, then it's not your kid. That's important. Exactly. So this is affecting families, regular people. People, but yep. it's also something that's affecting companies. This is wild. We talked to Wasim from Blackbird AI. He says he's known of instances where companies are getting fooled. Employees are getting a call from who they think is their boss. Wow. Hey, I need you to make this wire transfer. I need uh. you to authenticate, you know, or approve this payment. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. So companies are now having to really educate their workers. Take a beat. Yeah. Make sure it really is your manager who's calling before you 
authorize these payments. Well, and you can understand back to the mother how panicky she was listening to who she thought was her daughter. And maybe you're not picking up on all the clues because your heart's beating, you're scared, and all those things. Exactly. And in her case, she told us her family had an incident with the kidnapping. So they were really on a heightened alert. But she said it was totally convincing. Yes. Yeah. So like as a mom, you're like, I would know my kid's voice. She yeah. said she cries like she her. Cries she like responded. This. It was an extended conversation. Four minutes. Terrifying. Takes no time. Wow. Thanks. Thank you, Vicki. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow, and so the point with this is, yes, AI is scary. Yes, this technology exists and it can be used to manipulate people, to convince you to fall for scams. But let's think of the bullwhip effect. Just like we talked about how uh, pushing for LGBTQ material to be removed from schools uh, is something that the conservative party was really focused on for the past couple of years, and now it bullwhipped in Utah to the point where the Bible's being banned, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's the bullwhip effect of people freaking out a bit about AI? Well, it would be digital identification that helps you identify yourself tied to your personal biometrics or your, your physicality, right? That cannot be mimicked by AI, and this would allow you to plug into the matrix to prove you are a real person and not AI. And to me, that's the bullwhip that bullwhips us straight into the mark of the beast, man. And mm -hmm. because people are so freaked out about this topic about AI, uh, getting their identity stolen, and, and we're probably gonna see some even more crazy, crazy things happening. But just like that one woman on Capitol Hill was reporting, they are looking at protective measures regarding legislating the topic of AI. And this is where we got to pay attention because this is where we see digital ID, central bank digital currencies, all these things slipped under the radar uh, to the point where the Hegelian dialectic kicks into full effect to where they create a problem, they create AI, that AI becomes a problem, and then they offer us a solution to our problem. And guess what? Watch out for that solution, just as we saw with the uh, medical extravaganza that happened the past two years uh we find that there's likelihood that that particular bug was created they create the problem and then guess what they offer you a solution in the form of a vial that they inject into your arm right <laughs> and so it, it's all the same modus operandi right it's all the same way of rolling out these agendas and these plans what's the bullwhip effect that we're going to get from aliens and all this stuff i don't know that's to be seen what's the bullwhip effect of all these things just be on the lookout be a watchman right mm -hmm. and so uh i think that leads us to our last video here which is from uh, dabu seven uh, and it's a new un fact checking system called i verify that oh, will crack down on misinformation all over the world check this mm -hmm. video out this is Dabu 7, and it seems every time we turn around, these totalitarian groups and regimes are making moves here to try to strip our freedom and power minute by minute. It's often the World Economic Forum that we've been talking about here recently, but now the UN joining them with pretty much the exact same plan, showing you how in bed they are together here on the world stage. Well, the UN now rolls out this new fact-checking system and it's gonna be a game changer. The mainstream media is being absolutely quiet about it. Well, perhaps it's because they don't want millions of people to object to this type of tyranny. 
And here we have this I Verify. The United Nations unveiling this automated fact-checking service to counter so-called disinformation and hate speech on the internet. So you know what this is. Anything that goes against the grain or against what they believe, they're going to try to shut down. And this is large scale. This is full scale. This is all over the globe, across the entire globe. So the World Economic Forum in the flat UN plane. now, pretty much coming down two different avenues with the same plan. Here to control everything. Now, Barack Obama just came out the other day and said everyone needs a digital fingerprint. This plays right into this whole thing. Also into the biometric ID, carbon tracking, the whole nine. And the CBDC on blockchain in the end of it. So in response to what they brand as online information pollution, they say that this is a global challenge. And the United Nations Development Program has launched its iVerify platform to counter this as they partner with Facebook and Google-funded fact-checker Meaden and the meta-owned Crowdtangle, as well as the Soros-funded International Fact-Checking Network, IFCN. So there you go. They're going to be out here trying to push beast establishment agendas. And if you do not agree with them, they're going to try to eliminate you through this system. The iVerify system is here. And this whole thing about to be rolled out, and this is also with the United Nations coming out and pushing this new apex body that would oversee everything up to 2030. All their goals in this whole digital future. So this is where it's all going. This is part of their plans. If you guys want to know, this is what they're up to and what they're trying to do. And now this new iVerify system is going to be tracking anything and everything around the entire globe to try to eliminate whatever they want. This has been Tapu7. It's time to take action, folks. It's past time. Hit that subscribe button for more. Much love. All right. So just like I was talking about, this is quickly what's coming to the world because of all of these scary topics, AI, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's having interviews about it. Oh, the AI is going to take over the world. Oh, well, how do we protect our identity in an AI generated internet experience? Well, by taking this mark on your right hand or in your forehead, you know? <laughs> so um, all of these topics are only exposed through very carefully walking through the foundation of the scriptures in our lives, right? All of these agendas, if if we don't have a foundation to look out on the world from, uh, can really get us off kilter. And so uh, just keep that in mind as we're going through this stuff because uh, there are agendas that are pushed to both the left and right. Just as we saw, there's a bullwhip effect when you are convinced to go and and act a certain way or believe a certain thing and everybody who's a conservative is thinking this way well then that oftentimes can be a deception in and of itself and so we want to be aware of all of the agendas and all of the things and how they connect and how it plays out because the most important thing is to recognize that we need to focus on our families 
We need to focus on our personal walk with our creator. We need to focus on our health, what we mm -hmm. put into our bodies. These are the things that you can actually control. These are the things that they want to distract you so, so much from that you defer to their, uh, you know, to their uh, mechanisms. And when you defer to them, that's when they give you the poison. And, and so that kind of is an overarching theme that I just wanted to bring out for all of these topics. Uh, but very interesting, all the things that are coming on the world today, man. I hope you enjoyed our new segment, and that's all I have for this week. Yeah, thank you, Jay, for another great current news. Kind of blew my mind with the UFOs and the AI, and it's much bigger than I thought. Like, it's crazy. It's starting to seem like it's getting out of hand, <laughs> but that's just my personal opinion. So I appreciate it, man. No problem. So let's uh, play that promo of my mom's book, The Protocol It Kills. Did you know that a government incentivized hospital protocol has led to the deaths of untold numbers of unsuspecting people? The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons noted, we now see government dictated medical care at its worst in our history since the federal government mandated these ineffective and dangerous treatments and then created financial incentives for hospitals and doctors to use only those approved and paid for approaches. The book, The Protocol That Kills, exposes the lethal regimen adopted by hospitals to maximize profits at the expense of patients' lives. This exhaustive expose provides a first-hand account of the protocol in action as it was invoked on an otherwise strong and healthy 52-year-old Rob Skiba, who was diagnosed with a viral infection by the admitting hospital. Within 40 days, this valiant Army veteran who had sworn to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, had fallen at the hands of a government-incentivized domestic enemy. This over 400-page true crime story uncovers every aspect of this lethal protocol in action, despite the protest of Rob Skiba and his wife. It includes disheartening text messages from Rob, who was locked away from his wife because she was forbidden to enter the hospital in the name of the protocol. Lawfully recorded detailed conversations his wife had with doctors, therapists, nurses, and hospital staff numerous pages extracted from the over 5,000 page hospital record that exposed the protocol that led to his tragic death. The testimony of a medical expert who provided his detailed analysis of the case. Invaluable and timely insights of a legal counsel who provides the story behind the story by providing crucial details and evidence along with over 100 citations from clinical studies, medical journals, federal regulations, and relevant books and articles that prove Rob did not die of natural causes, but due to the perpetrator's insistence that he follow the mandated and inhumane protocol that kills. As Richard Bartlett, MD says, this book shares a wealth of critical insights that will greatly aid in preventing future needless losses of life. The purpose of this book is to sound an alarm of a clear and present danger as this lethal protocol is still being used against patients in hospitals all across America and to provide you with essential insights that could help save your life or the life of someone you love. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. Get a copy today at the protocol that kills.
www.thepowerofthenetwork.com. So yeah, find out what truly happened to my dad by getting yourself a copy of The Protocol That Kills, my mom's book, and the links will be down in the description. So uh, I think it's about that time for all new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. The following presentation may contain too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ, Cat Jokes, Parental Guidance Suggested. Well, long time no see. Opa's got some great stories and funnies for you, so let's get started. A man settles into his seat next to the window on an airplane when another man sits down next to him and seats his dog in between them. The first man looks at the dog and asks why he's allowed on the plane. The second man explains that he and the dog are DEA agents. His name is Sniffer, and he's the best there is. I'll show you once we get airborne, when I put him to work. The plane takes off, and once it's leveled off, the agent says, Watch this. He tells Sniffer to search. Sniffer jumps down, walks along the aisle, and finally sits next to a woman for several seconds. Sniffer then returns to his seat and puts one paw on the agent's arm. The agent says, Good boy! And he turns to the man and says, That woman is in possession of marijuana. So I'm making a note of receipt number and the authorities will apprehend her when we land. Wow, say, that, that's pretty neat. Once again, the agent sends Sniffer to search the aisles. The dog sniffs around and sits down beside a man for a few seconds. He returns to his seat, and this time he places two paws on the agent's arm. The agent says, That man is carrying cocaine. So again, I'm making a note of his seat number for the police. Wow, wow, I, I like that. The agent then tells Sniffer to search again. Sniffer walks up and down the aisles for a little while, sits down for a moment, then comes racing back to the agent. He jumps into the middle seat and proceeds to poop all over the place. The first man is really grossed out by this behavior and can't figure out why a well-trained dog would act like that. Hey, what's going on? The agent nervously replied, He just found a bomb. <laughs> There's a frog who has a unique kink. 
he falls in love with human girls. Of course, no human girl will touch him. Despite this, he goes to a psychic. The psychic tells him, You are going to meet a beautiful young girl who will want to know everything about you. The frog becomes excited. Wow, wow, this is great. Will I meet her at a party? No, said the psychic. In her biology class. <laughs> a little girl walks into a pet shop and asks in the sweetest little lisp, Excuse me, mister, do you keep widow weapons? And the shopkeeper gets down on his knees so that he's on her level and asks, Do you want a widow white webbit? Or a soft and furry black webbit? Or maybe one like that widow brown webbit over there? The little girl puts her hands on her knees, leans forward, and says in a quiet voice, I don't think my python really gives a fit. <laughs> a young blonde was on vacation in the depths of Louisiana. She wanted a pair of real alligator shoes in the worst way, but she didn't want to pay the high prices the local vendors were asking. After becoming very frustrated with the no-haggle attitude of one of the shopkeepers, the blonde shouted, Maybe I'll just go out and catch my own alligator so I can get a pair of shoes at a reasonable price. <laughs> the shopkeeper said, huh, By all means, be my guest. Maybe you'll get lucky and catch yourself a big one. Determined, the blonde turned and headed for the swamps set on catching herself an alligator. Later in the day, the shopkeeper is driving home when he spots the young woman standing waist-deep in water, shotgun in hand. Just then, he sees a huge nine-foot alligator swimming quickly toward her. She takes aim, kills the creature, and with a great deal of effort, hauls it onto the swamp bank. Lying nearby were several more of the dead creatures. The shopkeeper watches in amazement. Just then, the blonde flips the alligator on its back and frustrated shouts out, Darn, this one isn't wearing any shoes either. <laughs> An elephant was drinking out of the river one day when he spotted a turtle lying fast asleep on a log. The elephant walked over and kicked the unsuspecting turtle clear across the river. A passing giraffe, who happened to see this, asked the elephant, Why did you do that? Because I recognized it as the same turtle that bit my trunk 38 years ago. Wow, what a memory you got. Yes, turtle recall. <laughs> a man faces a violation for adding horse meat to the chicken stew in his restaurant. 
In court, he's asked why he did it and how much horse meat was in the stew. For the money, of course. I solemnly swear I always keep the ratio at 50-50. While the infraction made many unhappy customers, upon seeing the man's honesty, the judge decides not to revoke his license. However, the judge ruled he must always advertise that horse is part of the ingredients. With a sigh of relief, the restaurant owner pays the fine and walks out of court with his wife and friend. His friend asks him, Do you really put horse meat or do you put anything else with the chicken? Nope, only horse meat and chicken. Now tell me the truth, man. Come on. It was mostly horse meat, wasn't it? Nope. It was always 50-50. One horse per one chicken. <laughs> it was a beautiful day at a big national park. A park ranger is giving some tourists a warning about bears. Brown bears are usually harmless, he said with a smile. They avoid contact with humans, so we suggest you attach small bells to your backpack and give the bears time to get out of your way. His tone then turned serious. However, grizzly bears are extremely dangerous. If you see any grizzly bear droppings, leave the area immediately. So, how do we know if they're grizzly bear droppings? asked one of the tourists. It's easy, replied the ranger. They're full of small bells. <laughs> and now for the funnies. winner gets to knock over a vase. The loser has to stand over the pieces looking guilty. <laughs> well, Emily is out like a light. You just can't resist pulling that little stun of yours, can you, Earl? <laughs> Medieval chicken coops. Well, here we go again. <laughs> when we get back, I'm going to wring De Leon's neck. Youth's fountain and snack bar. <laughs> I don't know why you read that before going to sleep. <laughs> the vacuum. <laughs> you got to know when to like them, know when to bite them, <laughs> know when to walk away and know when to race. You'll never throw up 
on the tile if you can barf on carpet <laughs> when it's time to wake your human just step on their face <laughs> hold still Omar now look up yep you got something in your eye all right could be sand <laughs> Look out, Tank! It, it, it's a, a, a... Tang! Never can pronounce those things! <laughs> Here comes the scariest part! <laughs> we have to ride this fast, officer! Otherwise, by the time we get there, we've forgotten why we went. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty's final days. Omelets are us. <laughs> uh oh, Donnie. Sounds like the monster in the basement has heard you crying again. Let's be real quiet and hope he goes away. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> I wish that all my misery, unhappiness, and bad fortune is gone. <laughs> I don't get the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, except Thunderbolt and Lightning. Very, very frightening. Yeah, that part speaks to me. <laughs> That's funny. Canine cooking shows. I ate them too fast to taste them. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> munitions. I ordered a shipment of munitions. <laughs> Not musicians. Come on, we're late. You look fine. <laughs> Mathphobic's nightmare. Okay, now listen up. Nobody gets in here without answering the following question. A train leaves Philadelphia at 1 p.m. It's traveling at 65 miles per hour. Another train leaves Denver at four. Say, you need some paper? <laughs> Relax, buddy. They invented the vacuum cleaner, yet I'm still here. <laughs> Thank you.
why Einstein quickly moved on to general relativity. So that would make my second cousin once removed, the great aunt of my first cousin twice removed. No, move. No, 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 no. That can't be right. <laughs> Before proceeding, you must identify the image below. House, bed, plane. <laughs> All of the above. I'm returning these glasses I bought for my husband. He's still not seeing things my way. <laughs> I think the dog wants to go for a walk. <laughs> if you think that's impressive, I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> I knew you'd bring it back. I told you, all sales are final. <laughs> Dear Diary, you'll never guess what I finally caught today. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> Saturday in the park. I think it was the 4th of July. Wait a minute. I didn't order a Chicago-style pizza. <laughs> Is it like the band Chicago? No. Forget it. They're just not you. I think you look ridiculous wearing Mickey Mouse shoes. <laughs> the fastest mammal known to man is a dachshund who just heard the word treat. <laughs> And that concludes Opa's Corner for this week. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Good job, Opa. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's, let's calm down, calm down. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, calm down. Opa, that was a great Opus Corner. Everybody seemed to like it too. Yep. Cool. Thank you, Opa, for another great Opus Corner. Now, a word from our good friend, JJ.
Are you tired of living in constant pain? Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920 382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. Now JJ's products have literally made my life so much better where I feel like I can get out of bed and I, I wouldn't promote something that I didn't believe in and I believe in JJ's product, all of his products. So just wanted to say that. Thank you, JJ. So uh, it's time for some mystery. So this week's history, I'm calling it the Unabomber Revisited, uh, which we covered the Unabomber in episode 11. He's been in the news recently, so uh, I want to give you like a brief recap of kind of who the Unabomber was, if you may not know, or if you do know, here's a little bit of a, a, of a background. Sorry. Kaczynski, the convicted terrorist known as a Unabomber, died by suicide. That's according to the Associated Press and the New York Times. The 81-year-old was found dead in his cell yesterday at a federal prison medical center in North Carolina. He was given life-saving measures but pronounced dead at the hospital. Kaczynski was serving a life sentence following his conviction for numerous mail and university bombings which went on from 1978 to 1995. Those bombings killed three people and injured nearly two dozen others. April 3rd, 1996, the day the FBI arrested Theodore Kaczynski, the suspected Unabomber, at his cabin in rural Montana. Beginning in 1978, a mysterious series of bombings across the country had killed three people and wounded 23 others. The bomb on the Yale campus today blew up in the computer sciences building. The targets were mostly either universities or airlines. A small bomb exploded in a mail pouch in the cargo hold. Which explains <coughs> the origin of his nickname, the Unabomber. For years, the only clue to his identity was this single sketch of a shadowy hooded figure. It was all there today, all 35,000 words of the Unabomber's message to America. We'll be talking about that later. 1995, when the Washington Post printed a long anti-technology manifesto from the Unabomber entitled Industrial Society and Its Future. Its ramblings reminded an upstate New York man named David Kaczynski of the kinds of things his older brother, Theodore, had written in the past. Once a brilliant math student at Harvard, Theodore Kaczynski had long since abandoned academia to live as a recluse 
that remote Montana cabin. David Kaczynski's suspicions forced him to wrestle with a moral dilemma, as he told our Aaron Moriarty back in 2005. Because of the death penalty, a likelihood would be that I'd, I'd either have some innocent person's blood on my hands if I did nothing, or my own brother's blood on my hands if I stepped forward. David Kaczynski did step forward. He provided information that led to his brother's arrest and conviction. And with top legal aid, David was able to help his brother to escape the death penalty. I would like to say that our reaction to, to today's plea agreement is one of deep relief. Instead, Theodore Kaczynski is currently serving four life sentences without parole at the so-called Supermax prison in Colorado. Now, he took his own life on June 10th, 2023, so very recently. Now, the Unabomber, it was always a conspiracy that he was a part, he was a victim of MK Ultra, And <clears throat> right after his death, the government said that the Harvard experiments were real and that Ted Kaczynski was part of this experiment. And so let's play that second clip. Ted Kaczynski was accepted to Harvard University at the age of 16, full scholarship. His family thought this was gonna be the beginning of a great future. When Ted arrives, at college, it's nothing like what he had dreamed of and hoped for because he felt isolated, he felt different, he felt rejected at every turn. Unabomber himself, Ted Kaczynski, was yeah. part of the Harvard LST studies. Was he? Yeah, they cooked his brain. So he went to school at Harvard, they put him in the Harvard LST studies, they cooked his dome, and then he disappeared, went to Berkeley, worked as a professor to earn enough money so he could buy a cabin and implement his plan to kill everybody who was involved in technology so he'd stop this takeover of the human race, which probably is true. Yeah. Ted basically became a guinea pig in an ethically dubious psychological experiment conducted by Dr. Henry Murray. They gave a kind of psychological test to incoming freshmen. They selected the people they thought were the most alienated, in effect, the most vulnerable for this study to kind of determine what their breaking point might be. Henry Murray was using students to study the effect of stress. He did that by subjecting them to long periods of intense interrogation designed to break down their egos, to break down their confidence. From the time I was a child, I had this realization that my brother was special. The bomb was placed inside of a book. 16 bombs in 17 years. I asked mom, why is he like this? The most dangerous serial bomber in US history. 16 bombs in 17 years. 23 injuries and now a third death. It's very frustrating because you were doing all the things that you thought you should do and you weren't any closer to solving the case than you had been two years previous. Then the Unabomber reached out to the press and said, I want to make a deal. And it took this case in an entirely new direction. Along with the latest bomb, he sent three letters, 
The letter says the bombings are the work of a group that hopes to promote instability in industrial society. The bomber says he will stop if a long article he's written is published in a major U.S. publication. We made it very clear. If you publish the manifesto in the New York Times or the Washington Post, the terrorist group FC will desist from terrorism. Cases are solved when the subject starts communicating. Anytime you have someone that wants something, they usually give away a little bit of themselves. The question became, how are we going to take advantage of his offer, if at all? Because at that point in time, the United States had a very specific policy. We did not negotiate with terrorists. Now, Jake, like you said earlier, conspiracy theories tend to be coming true as of late, right? Yeah, we're seeing more and more how uh, the tinfoil hat wearers are being vindicated. And, and the fact that the, the government and, and people are reporting on the fact that he is now confirmed to be a part of these studies is totally mind-blowing because in episode 11, it was just a theory. It was just a thought, and now it's fact, which is very interesting. Uh, now, what are your thoughts about that, Jake? Like, what are your thoughts about the whole Unabomber? Well, I, I, did, I know it happened. I ha was never very well read about what his motives were. I just know that uh, he was a prolific secret bomber. He could slip bombs into pretty much any place. And, uh, and he, he probably was one of the instrumental figures in creating the modern... TSA system that we have today. Yep. And not only that, uh, there's a manifesto, his manifesto that he came out with. Have you ever done any research on that? It will blow your mind. No, I didn't. That's what the next video is about. It's going to be explaining his manifesto and how he predicted AI. So did his predictions way back then uh, predict today? And maybe is that why he took his own life? I don't know. So let's check out this third clip. With the sophistication of his bombs growing, so was his infamy, no doubt due to his successful murders. And after almost 20 years of his bombing campaigns, he would finally make the mistake that brought him to justice. In 1995, after decades of terrorism, Ted threatened to commit even more bombings if the New York Times and Washington Post didn't publish his manifesto, the very manifesto that he'd been working on all along. It was titled Industrial Society and Its Future. The essay would go into detail on the dangers of technology and how its progress would lead to the downfall of humanity. When David Kaczynski, Ted Kaczynski's brother, read the manifesto, he realized this writing was nearly identical to his brother's. So David consulted with a linguist, showing him other essays that Ted had written for comparison. The writing styles were an almost exact match, and it was a near certainty that the manifesto was Ted's work. So David immediately brought this information to the FBI. Shortly after, an arrest warrant was quickly drawn up, and Ted was found by the police at his cabin in a very fragile state. Investigators discovered numerous journals, which included his criminal activity and explosive manufacturing instruction. They also found sets of bomb parts and even a fully functional explosive device that was ready to be shipped out. David wanted to keep his involvement in Ted's arrest a secret, and when he contacted the FBI, they had assured him that he would remain anonymous to both Ted and the public. However, his involvement was leaked to the media and became public knowledge soon after. Now that Ted was facing justice, it seemed like he would receive the death penalty after he refused to plead insanity despite his lawyer's advice. However, eventually he took a plea deal, agreeing to admit to the crimes and give info on them. By doing this, he avoided capital punishment but was still given eight life sentences and would spend the rest of his life in prison. Now, for all the things you can say about Ted Kaczynski, you saw 
Anthony can't call him ineloquent. Despite being in prison long before technology and social media truly took over society, many of the points that he made still apply today. In a lot of cases, his predictions are now even more accurate than they were back when he wrote them. He was thinking extremely far ahead of the times. Along with being a genius mathematician, Ted also had a solid grasp on social psychology. He understood how easily individuals as well as groups of people can be influenced by powerful organizations. Throughout the manifesto, he would write about the increasing threat of totalitarianism through technology and how it would restrict human freedom. He argued that even people living under past monarchies and dictatorships had more personal freedom than those in modern society. Because previous totalitarian regimes lacked today's tools to enforce their rulings, they didn't have the technology. In contrast, we now have things like rapid modern police forces, rapid long-distance communications, surveillance cameras, and dossiers of information about pretty much everyone, especially with apps like TikTok which track every little swipe you do, every photo, every website search, every keystroke, everything about you being stored on a database, and god knows what else. And all of this technological progress and increased information in the hands of governments makes physical coercion much, much easier. You see, Ted then predicted that along with these tools, large organizations would soon be armed with an arsenal of advanced psychological and biological systems used to manipulate humanity. While potential biological systems that can manipulate humanity may be a little too hot to talk about right now, psychological systems are already here in the form of social media, video recommendations, and shadowy computer algorithms. And physical coercion isn't the only way technology assists with authoritarianism, as technology is also a useful tool to remotely control human behavior. Things like the modern entertainment industry, social media algorithms, and the internet are already proving Ted right. Although he isn't around to see how bad it really is, Ted explains how people need to be distracted by all these technological instruments, otherwise they get bored and irritable. That people can't live without technology. People are so addicted to the algorithms, they're so addicted to their screens and all the bright lights, all the emotional manipulation, they can never look down from the screen. And so Ted went into detail about how natural human behavior like boredom and agitation is being numbed because it's a threat to the status quo. And the system must use every possible means it has to control how people behave. This can be done through technological manipulation, intermittent reinforcement through advanced algorithms, and controlling the flow of information and culture. Because of this, Ted says that the system will eventually collapse altogether, or it's going to end up enslaving humanity. Yet because technology advances through a series of minor incursions, there isn't any kind of rational public resistance to it. This is likely part of the reason why Ted took the drastic measure of mailing bombs to get his message across to the public. And he also explained that the freedom of press, and now the freedom of technology, is largely useless to the individual, as social media, the media, the press, is all controlled by major financial interests. In order to justify his killings, he explained that to make a lasting impression, he had to kill people. Which obviously was a massive mistake on Ted's behalf, and something that I think we can all condone. But Ted stated that if he never did anything violent, but still published his work, it's likely that barely anyone would have ever read or heard his message. Which is a very unfortunate reality, because it's much more interesting to talk about the manifesto of a serial killer, rather than just some essay about the problems of technology and the impact it has on society. Something that Ted obviously recognized. But again, obviously I would disagree with his methods here. The killings he did were completely unjustified, and just trying to kill people is just a sick, sick idea. But within the madness, there's obviously some tangents of truth to Ted's manifesto. For example, in recent years, Ted wrote a letter mentioning something that he called the swamping effect. With the average person's short attention span, combined with the vast amount of available information, this allows large organizations to easily exert their influence over the public. How? Through technology, the pressures and moral codes the society projects are more prevalent today than they were ever before. Quote, over-socialization is the term Ted coins for this issue, where individuals are trained to think whatever society tells them to, keeping people on a psychological leash to modern society. One of the end games of technology that Ted feared the most was the complete, quote, socializing of human beings, where they would become so docile and compliant that none of their behavior would threaten the system. This kind of obedience
obedience is a concept that Ted often talks about in his manifesto, and he explains how this trait is clearly beneficial to have in modern society. He sums up the point pretty succinctly by saying, quote, In our society, people do not satisfy their biological needs autonomously, but by functioning as part of an immense social machine. It doesn't take that much effort to satisfy one's physical needs in an industrial society, only that they have a moderate amount of intelligence and are most importantly obedient. However, people's spiritual and psychological needs are starved, creating a poverty of the soul. And because of the comfortable lack of effort that is required in today's society, Ted says that this is killing, quote, the power process. Now, Ted describes this power process as having a goal, attaining the goal through effort, and having the agency to complete that goal, something that is hardwired into our primal brains. And yet, this power process is now being destroyed. With the increasing restrictions imposed in one society, this is causing people to create, quote, surrogate activities, which means instead of tangible goals like physical necessities, people spend their time creating artificial goals for themselves to complete. Ted argues that this is the reason why so many social critics of the late 20th century talk about the sense of purposelessness afflicting so many people in modern society. These artificial goals are pretty much required in modern times, since not having any goals will cause serious psychological problems. This is a process that even Marx talked about called commodity fetishism. All these societal trends then take us away from the natural essence of human life. Instead of close-knit communities or tribes, the security and community of an individual is now controlled by remote people and organizations that are so large that they become almost abstract. Ted then states that this creates a lack of personal agency, as the system has to closely regulate individuals to function properly. And to do this, it must impose artificial conditions that are unnatural and disconnected from normal human behavior. And then this creates even more psychological problems for humanity, as Ted explains throughout his writings that the negative impact industrial society has on the human psyche is now becoming disastrous. You see, he separates the human psyche from the term mental health, as he describes the latter as, quote, defined largely by the extent to which an individual behaves in accord with the needs of the system, and does so without showing signs of stress. Since the system decides what constitutes sickness, any manipulation of an individual to adjust and integrate them into modern society is then seen as a cure and therefore good. For example, that's why Ted attributes pharmaceuticals like antidepressants as a means of controlling human behavior behavior, and he's not entirely wrong. I mean, one of his most striking quotes is that, imagine a society that subjects people to conditions that make them unhappy, then gives them drugs to take away their unhappiness. And I think this line is now more relevant than ever. Instead of actually fixing problems that cause psychological issues, large organizations focus their efforts on developing and distributing drugs to remedy the problem and making a profit from it. Ted then states that this method allows people to, quote, tolerate social conditions that they would otherwise find intolerable. And Ted was obviously not one to tolerate these supposed intolerable social conditions, as he spent the majority of his time alone in a small cabin in the woods. He was a very isolated individual and wrote extensively on the damage crowds do to the human psyche, stating that excessive population density and man's isolation from nature are part of the abnormal social conditions imposed in modern society, which is then compounded by excessive rapid societal change and the breakdown of small-scale communities. For Ted, the only way to break out of the modern societal cage was through a revolution, one that would destroy industrial-scale technology altogether. While something like this is almost impossible at this point, his ideal was kind of in the right place, proposing a concept of wild nature, where he would advocate for things like oceans and forests to be independent of human management. Ted was also an advocate for what he called the human side of nature, an ideal where all aspects of a functioning human are not subject to or regulated by any organized society, but instead by their own free will. And so while Ted had his perceived reasons for doing what he did, mailing bombs didn't exactly accomplish his endgame of starting an anti-tech revolution, and I'm sure we can all agree on denouncing his awful, awful atrocities. Bombing aeroplanes, bombing normal people, and any other form of murder is completely reprehensible. But Ted has undeniably left an impact on the modern society that he hated so much.
So, what are your thoughts about that, Jake? Does he sound like a crazy person in, in his manifesto? Really doesn't. And honestly, comparing what we talked about in our news today and what you shared in your segment there, man, it's so insane uh, how on point a lot of those things were. So, <laughs> I don't know if that gets us flagged, but yep. Now, now, what did he know something, do you think? Was he trying to warn us of something that he knew that was happening? Or did he just see things uh, happening that would eventually turn into what it turned into? That, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what do you think, yeah. Opa? I'm not sure. Opa, what are your thoughts? I'm not sure either. Do you think he sounds like a crazy person? No, I, I think that, uh, I think he sounds like a very person a person who has been thinking through a lot of uh, a lot of events that were happening around him and and kind of projecting them into the future and what he saw was uh, going it to be into the future I think he was a very brilliant person mm -hmm. well I'm not in any way condoning his actions I think everything he did was wrong I'm just going to clarify that I'm not trying to you know make him seem like a good guy but if he could get that message out without bombing, that would have been ideal. But he just didn't have a platform. And th those are my thoughts about it. So that's all I got for history. I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, before we move on, I'd like to share with you guys our new partnership with a company called Next Wave Probiotics. So check out this clip. Next Wave Probiotics is an all-natural liquid probiotic made right here in the DFW Metroplex. Take one to three ounces daily to support your microbiome and immune system. Try it the next time you have heartburn. Drinking 5 ounces can relieve heartburn symptoms in 15 to 20 minutes. Order directly from Next Wave Probiotics. Their website is nextwaveprobiotics.com and enter code SKIBA at checkout for $5 off every 32 ounce bottle you buy. Now I wouldn't sell you guys a product that I didn't personally believe in. Both me and my mom have both tried it. My mom, it only took about 15 minutes to get rid of her stomach ache and about 10 minutes for mine. So get yourself some Next Wave Probiotics today at nextwaveprobiotics.com. Now, if you care about your health, try it out because it really does work. Um, anyways, back to the show. Jake, you got some good memes for us today? I got some great ones. Looking forward Look to sharing. All right. Let's meme me up. Meme me up. Alrighty. Well, uh, thinking back the past few years, these are the only shots that I will be taking, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Alright, uh, here we go. My friends, please don't make a scene. Me! Split the Red Sea! <laughs> That's what we're doing with our disruptive meme culture, bro. Yep. Alright. Uh, Catholics, Mary remained a virgin her whole life. Joseph. Uh. <laughs> uh Alright. Mama, don't let your cowboys grow up to be cowgirls. Amen. <laughs> Alright. Can you pass me the rooster suster sauce? The what? The washer chester sire sauce. Uh, are you having a stroke? The worst Sistershire sauce. <laughs> Worcestershire. All right. 
So, with the recent forest fires in Canada and the smog that came down to New York, the timing was really interesting for this billboard promoting the new game Diablo 4, which said, Welcome to hell, New York, as their, cloud, as their skies turned to red ash and, uh, and people were breathing in the smog of burning embers. That's crazy. So, me getting executed in 2030 for being straight. <laughs> uh, YouTube tutorial video. Hello, guys. Today I'm going to show you some simple beginner guitar chords. The chords. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I know this is true. I, I've been a, a not good guitar player for most of my life. I've been... <laughs> uh, Man, if only I could get the things that I see to stick around. I'd love to play guitar better. Opa was great. Opa still is great. I don't That's know how awesome. he does Maybe it. Maybe next time we come visit, you'll have to give me some pointers, Oprah. Don't play. <laughs> don't play. <laughs> All right. Uh, when you hear the pastor talking about everything but the Bible, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Well, uh, this is uh, the guide to church handshakes. This is the bone crusher. Hello. I'm really insecure, so I'll crush your hand. Here's the two-hander. Hello. That's close enough. <laughs> uh, here's the dead fish. Hello. I'm creepy. Uh, and here's the halfway. Hello. I'm a princess. <laughs> Just remember, an unemployed jester is nobody's fool. Mm -hmm. One nation under fraud, clearly visible, with bribery and corruption for all. You're going to have to send me that one. That'd make a good t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Here's the fork. Here's a tactical fork. Here's an assault fork. And here's a fork after fork control legislation. <laughs> a spork. A spork. <laughs> Apparently, there's a third option between what? burial and cremation. No, that can't be real. <laughs> it's a hearse pulling a woodchuck. That's so gross. Oh, man. Uh, here's a Frying Nemo, the fish and chips. <laughs> Restaurant? <laughs> That's clever. Are you going to continue to post stupid memes? Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, when shorter people see someone shorter than them. Hey, look at this guy. <laughs> Joe Pesci syndrome. <laughs> uh, putting lol when you didn't really laugh is lying. Repent. Oh, I must repent. I do that all the time. I, I often do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed in my mind, though. Does that count? Internal laughing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but laugh out loud is oh, laughing yeah. out loud. So laughing in loud would be lil. All right, whatever. <laughs> Me at 3 a.m. Imagining how I would do CPR on a giraffe instead of sleeping. That's a good question. I guess it's a two-man job. I would hope so. This girl loves her dad. 
currently. <laughs> Just coming through Father's Day. It's a it's a good reminder. Uh, your kids show in the darnest ways how they care about you. That's so sweet. When you're told not to give your baby honey under the age of one, but are encouraged to inject them with known neurotoxins instead. Hmm. Huh. All right. When you're fighting a lion in a river and both of you see a crocodile. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. And the river is this river. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, turn back. Something has gone wrong. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, didn't kill himself. Did kill itself. Yep. Pushing all their wokeness. <laughs> Teens at 60 BC. I have returned from gladiator training and am ready for my arranged marriage. Teens now. Mom, Timmy called me a he. <laughs> okay, uh, you shouldn't eat meat. Don't worry, it's plant-based. That's awesome. Which plant? The meat processing plant. Oh, oh man. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, how people who bring paper Bibles look at people who use smartphone Bible apps. Well, I'm a smartphone Bible app guy, so uh, I guess uh, people are looking down on me for my technological uh, advanced Bible reading, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all right, Jeremiah, that's all the memes for this week. All right, Jake, thank you for another great current news and memes as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Never quit fighting. Let no man deceive you. And thank you for standing alongside us as we continue our quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560. 271 The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform.